What is your two to five year goal regarding Tai Chi? Um, my goal in the next two to five years is to, first of all, get certified in level two and continue on and study level three and to build a very strong Tai Chi club here in the San Antonio area that um, I would like to see the club have about 40 members. That's, that's about my goal, 40 to 50 members. And you guys are two hours from Houston? Three hours from Houston. Three hours from Houston. Yes, and an hour from, from Austin. From where? From Austin. What is that? Austin, Austin Texas. Oh, Austin. Yes. Okay, I was hearing you wrong. Okay. Yeah, so an hour from Austin. So cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. What are your long-term goals regarding Tai Chi? Oh, I'm looking at maximizing my potential as a human being, okay? I want to enhance my physical, mental, and spiritual health, okay? And I want to assist anybody else on that journey. That's my life. Welcome to the club. Yes. <laughs> so to speak. Yes. I think, that's, I think that's really the vehicle that Tai Chi really is, 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 is encapsulated. It's what you just said. Mm -hmm. So yeah, cool. Um, what about clear Tai Chi is the most appealing to you? I.e., why is this the path for you to achieve your goals? Um, wow. And I've talked to a lot of people about this because it'll ask me, you know, why um, clear? And if they're willing to listen, and some of them are, I, I tell them that. You teach systematically that there is, it's not, I've had so many teachers where it's like, well, we're going to work on this this week, or we're going to work on this week. And the longer I'm involved with your system, the more I realize that you have a building block systematic way to get where we need to go. Okay. Also, um, I love the fact that um, I can show test. Okay. I, I don't have to just say I have root. And you have to go ahead and, and take my word for it that I have root or take my word for it that I have the wave jing or I have a spiral, that there's ways to physically test it, okay? Physically and safely. Yes, <laughs> okay. And um, again, along with being systematic and having the knowledge, okay, and having a depth of knowledge is that you're willing to share it I have found some people that um, I know are extremely high level and some will hide it from me and say, no, I don't do that. And I'm like, I'm looking at you. I can feel you. I know you're doing it. Feel you or see you doing it. Yes. And then the other people, one person who I traveled basically an hour one way for, I guess about two months so that I could go ahead and study his Fagang, um, Fajin, excuse me, Fajin. It was just phenomenal. I was watching him do all these various forms of Fajin and the Wu form that I hadn't seen in the Wu form. And then um, finally got to talk to some of his senior students while we're hanging out after class. And they said, oh, master says there's no such thing. Uh -huh. And so then I waited after class and helped him carry his gear out to the car. I said, I talked to your students about this and I see you doing it. And he goes, that's just for my family. I don't teach it to outside people. And I'm like, hmm, two months wasted. Well, not two months wasted if you learn some things, but, but unfortunately going to be a dead end because the only way you're going to get it is, is by... Marrying his daughter. Yeah. You're right. Yes. Yep. And you already have a great wife, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, cool. Anything else you want to add to anything we've asked you here or talked about or anything? No, I've already been too verbose. <laughs> What's that? I've already talked too much. Oh, no, you're, you're great. <laughs> I, 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 in this interview, I probably thought too much. Uh, anybody else, anything else you want to ask him or weigh in on or anything? I, I, I'd like to ask something. I'm sorry, Mark. Um, no, go ahead. 
just uh, I and I know Ty is, is very modest about a lot of it, but, <laughs> but uh, I'm just curious in in teaching in the military and and teaching for deployment or or you know for combat uh, with a lot of alpha alpha guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but did you? How did you feel the different arts or the different uh, the different styles of fighting and the uh, internal external? Uh, you know, were you got to test it all out? You know, pretty much real time. Uh, how did you? How did you see that stack stack up with the uh, with the Tai Chi or with the different arts? Actually, that. Um a really something I probably should have brought up because I'm very, very proud of it is that um, I was not a tear you down and make you do it my way person. It's like, what do you got? Show me what you've got. Are you a boxer? Are you a wrestler? Did you do um, Shotokan? Did you do this or did you do that? Let me see what you've got. And then I'd show them, okay, this will work in combat. If you do it this way, if you improve it this way, um, if you make sure that you're using your whole body, otherwise you're going to be exhausted when you haven't eaten or slept for three days um, because you're not going to have that physical strength available where you can just do it all with your arm strength. Um, you're not going to be in a trench at the elbow and the Gulf War where you're stacked up bodies and uh, you're knee deep in mud and blood, you're not gonna be throwing a roundhouse kick to the head. Um, so quite often I was like, okay, this is what you've got. Let's, let's tweak it for when you're on the battlefield and let's improve what you've got and maybe even teach what you've got to the rest of the guys because it's valuable. I never said, hey, now, forget that. You got to do this. Does that answer your question, Jim? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's always good. You know, you never, you always add things to the toolbox, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. An old carpenter is never going to throw away a tool. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and you go ahead and sharpen up that chisel. Yeah. You know, don't take yeah. a rusty, dull chisel. Go ahead and sharpen it up. Here's a, here's a question about that. If I may, um, the uh, so when you got a guy that's that you're working with, that like the description you gave there, did you find typically that it was easier to teach them? And I don't know how much internal kind of things you had at the time. So the question may end up being based on you didn't really have that at that point. Mm -hmm. in time. But but here's the question: Did you find it was easier to teach them how to use their structure and rely on that as opposed to the musculature? Or did you find that with that crowd, it was really easier to get into the internal aspects or, and I know there's a bunch of mind training that goes into the military where you're really talking to them about mind and mindset and that kind of thing. Or was it, you're going to have to use your structure to compensate for the fact that everything else is going to want to kind of fail, including your yeah. mind at some point. Due to being right. No, I really didn't approach anything from internal. I didn't even think of it being internal, but now when I, think back on it, um, I realized like being in the moment, um, going ahead and using your, have an intent to get this done in this way, as opposed to like, I'm just gonna wail away. What's the intent there? I'm, oh, I'm trying to hit him in the jaw. No, you're trying to hit six feet past his jaw, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and. Yes, quite often, um, because of my other training, I had really learned that it's better to use your whole body as a unit. And that was one of the things that most of the guys didn't have. They was like, okay, I'm using a leg. I'm using an arm. I'm using, no, use your whole body as a unit. That was another thing that I found with um, the people in the sheriff's department. It was that they weren't using their whole body to get something accomplished they using arm strength or whatever strength instead of using their whole body. The older sheriffs that I've seen, uh, older law enforcement that I've seen where they really were like in, in where they're towards retirement, you know, they're mm -hmm. really older and they've been in a lot of fights in their career. 
they tend to have a pretty healthy, like really strong, whole body oriented, somewhat internal punch where they can hit somebody and usually knock them out. Seen mm-hmm. that a lot by an old, old, old guy. Looked like he was going to get creamed because the other dude was big and young and strong and crazy and mad and all this stuff. And he just tapped him once. Pow! Dude went down hard and fast. And it was in. Why do you think the old guy survived? What's that? Why did the old guy survive? Well, my, my point being is that it developed. Uh, I'm, uh, my re- Obviously, he could have been maybe some, he was old enough too, some kind of high level degree black belt and the law enforcement. But my impression was, dude had just been in so many fights over so many years that he just developed that old man way of approaching things that gave him a hit that was, you know, what his hit was. Well, it's, it's like with Ting. Um, I had a great deal of Ting before I even knew about it, the training involved in martial arts because of being on the battlefield. Yeah. You know, and so it developed over time. Nobody taught it to me. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things, too, that ideally, you know, if you were looking, because you're at six military bases, I would say that if you did something where you taught people, you know, once they've got PTSD and they're freaked out, no, now you got to do other kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But if they got people before they got to that point, taught them about heightened awareness and sensitivity, and then how to manage your mind and your emotions and your what you're getting on that sensitivity, what you're sensing and how it's feeling and what and and then how you're processing that and all that stuff. They could actually, it could actually be structured in a way that would require good curriculum to do it, where when they hit the battlefield level where that all jacks up to its maximum, that it's not such an overwhelming, untrained for effect, if you follow what I'm, right. what I'm saying. It's like, because that was part of my PTSD as I couldn't turn that off. That's right. Well, because you had done no kind of training in a way that was about modulating that and different, both expanding it and pulling it in. Mm-hmm. And so then when it turns on, it's like, like you say, it kind of gets stuck. Yeah. And that, that's going to create a lot of problems for anybody, let alone somebody that's been in a combat mm-hmm. situation or that is, has the other things that come along with having been in a combat situation. Like that. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Anybody else? Anything else? I think Mark had something. Yeah, I had a, I had a question for you. And uh, uh, I guess it has to do a little bit with you describing that you already had like a sense of Ting before, before getting in, before knowing what Ting was. Yeah. Um, that, you know, when I, the first time I worked with you, I think it was a fighting workshop. Uh, that kind of blew me away. You, you analyzed something I was doing, uh, I think, and I don't remember what we were supposed to be doing, but you're like, wow, you got a good spiral there to your hip. And I didn't even know I was doing it. So you pointed it out. I wasn't even conscious of it. Mm. And uh, what I was going to ask you in relation to that, though, is when, uh, when I was younger and I was um, teaching jujitsu, um, I went to a chiropractor because I, I was pretty twisted up over the years with injuries. And when he realigned me, when he snapped everything in place and I was straight, before he straightened me, I was virtually immovable by my students. The day after he snapped me, all of a sudden it was like I was, <laughs> it was like I was off kilter. People could move me easily for a while. It was like I had adapted to the to the wrong way, like my body being wrong. Body adjusted right. that, yeah. yeah. And when I got adjusted, there was like a there was like a little bit of a learning curve to the to get it that new to understand the equilibrium. Um, have you found that much with your uh, physical therapy when you get those pops oh yes very much so Definitely very much reorient. so what are they doing to help protect you so that when you're in that process of i'm not used to this and i'm having to reorientate to what ideally is correct that you don't end up with an injury that has to do with a collapse or a a misstructuring with weight bearing happening i'm not wording this very well because of not being used to that yet because you haven't adjusted to it yet yeah, well, basically is um, being aware of it is what they're, t- you know, making me be very aware of these and things. Don't be, and don't be in a hurry. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and, okay. 
and that um, they want me not to stay away from drinking and stay away from any sort of um, suppressants, um, yep. even to stay away from pain meds, because then I won't be aware of what's going on. Right, which means if you miss a line and you don't know until it's, and by the time you feel pain, that was the dummy light came on and then problems happened and it's yeah. too late. Yes. Yeah. Mark, yep. did I answer your question? So I guess uh, I, want, I was gonna ask you one more, like to expand it a little bit, <laughs> okay. just a little bit, same kind of idea. So when you have like, you have like your pop and then all of a sudden everything's maybe a little off, are you adapting before the next kind of big adjustment or is it such a gradual change that? It, it is a gradual change. In fact, uh, like with the brace, they don't want me to make, um, I think it's like a millimeter change on the brace every week. Mm-hmm. And like the first week was two hours, then four hours with the brace, then six hours, then eight hours. And so everything is gradual. So are you, are you able to adapt to that and stay in sync with it? Or are you a little bit behind? Like I'm, Usually I'm a little bit behind, but it usually takes okay. me about maybe an hour or so afterwards. And then I'm like, oh, okay, here we oh, go. That's pretty good. An hour is yeah. a pretty good, uh, Yes. you know, for adaptability, that's pretty fast. That's mm-hmm. good. Would you say the ting helps then, the sensitivity? No, I wouldn't say with that. No, but what it, um, what does help is um, uh, standing in Wu Chi. How am I having stat, stood in Wu Chi and trying to find the correct structure helps because even now it's like all today um, they wore me out and they had me standing on this balance um, equipment and it's like okay, I can as long as I. Stand in Wu Chi, close my eyes, turn my head the way they want me to. I'm not going to go flying, you know, but I had to go ahead and make sure that my alignment was correct. So it's, okay. tell me if this is wrong, but what I'm hearing you say is that you have to be in the alignment and trust that alignment for a minute until you're ting, because it's, it's measuring something that was over here and now it's over here. Yes. And you have to get into that and go, I'm going to hold this. I'm going to, I'm going to have to trust this and hold this and then let your ting get to where it can perceive it. Yeah. Because and right the, now, if you listen to ting, what, what you think is the ting, but it's not actually the ting. It's what you're used to. Mm-hmm. What you're used to ting is wrong and you've got to re- recalibrate. And so if you listen to that ting, you're going to go back into that bad position because it's programmed in to be in that position. And in fact, trust the posture long enough for the team to come online for this is where that's supposed to be, which yeah. normally takes two to three weeks of consistent. And it and wasn't, that. and it's not just being in the Wuji position, but when a physical therapist would give me instructions and my mind would leave my body and go to what they were saying, it would mess me up. I have to bring myself back into myself. And then I could go ahead and get realigned i could and not so let my using, mind are you using zhongding at that uh, ting to ting to inform your zhongding at that point or yeah. are you just trying your best to stand there and waiting having to wait for the ting to get no there? no I'm, I'm using ting zhongding song all of it to to realign it and my mind has to be in the moment and if my mind was no longer in the moment and started listening to what somebody else was saying then I'd fall out of the moment. Yeah. And it's because there's not a frame of reference. The frame of reference, let me rephrase that. The frame of reference is this other thing, not what he's trying to get going on now. And so he's going to, he has to do it that way, trying to get the thing on, but, but literally having to build the position and then being able to ting from that place. So it's kind of like, if you were used to having something you're looking at from a certain vantage point and really being able to see it, and then they change their whole vantage point. If you're, you're at first, you're like having to look around and adjust and higher and lower and around the corner and everything else to find that right place where you can really see it. And you don't find it. It's not like the other one. If it's a spot you always go to, there's a spot. I always go to boom. It's right there on that new spot. You're not going to have an automatic like that. You're going to have to find it. Yeah. And so you're tinging to find it. Mm-hmm. But you have you can't ting that the the actual placement yet because you don't know what it is yet. You don't know in here what it is yet. Mm-hmm. 
So cool. Yeah. I have a question on a totally different track. <laughs> so so you did ninjutsu for quite a number of years. Yes. And can you talk a little about how it contributed or how it integrated with other systems, particularly with Tai Chi? No. I, in fact, I was recommended um, after I got my Godan to either go to Tai Chi or to Bagua. And that's quite often um, Hatsumi will do that. He will say, take a year and go and study this. And um, I was very mechanical and rigid in my ninjutsu. And I, you know, I could not make that leap, that smoothness that mm -hmm. I was seeing the senior guys do. And I'm like, and the, the Tai Chi gave me that smoothness that I didn't okay. have. Yes. So, but the ninjutsu did that, was that a major benefit? for your Tai Chi training? Um, sometimes, whenever we do anything that is combat related, yes. Okay. It definitely is. And I'm, I'm definitely not afraid of being hit. I'm definitely not afraid of being put in a joint lock or thrown to the ground or, or anything of that nature. Um, actually, I usually try to turn off as much of my ninjutsu as possible when I'm training with Tai Chi people, especially junior Tai Chi people. Because? Um, It'll be too harsh. Yeah, and also, yeah, a lot of it's deceit that um, I, I'm gonna play a mind game with you. And um, even if it's as simple, it's snapping my fingers at Jim before I punch him in the face. And I'll snap a finger one place and punch him with the other hand. It's just simple mind tricks. You know, that doesn't really help anybody's training. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> it's fun, to watch me. It's fun to, for when I'm teaching some of the higher level combat stuff for Tai Chi Chuen to have Tai and Jim and Mark there in the room because they're all animals that all have this physical training and, and a lot of self-defense training and all of them hands-on, like a really pretty good amount, you know, of hands-on actually using it for real in different kinds of ways. And so there's a lot of stuff that people have trouble with that they pick up on really well and really fast. Yeah, cool. That are Tai Chi things, but that normally the, the component, at least for most of the way that people train Tai Chi, that gets you into that impact aspect of understanding that, that part typically is missing. It's in the, it's in the secret and the indoor and all of that, but it's not public. And even for me, our, pub, our first year up, you're not getting a whole lot of that because normally, you know, for our regular curriculum, because we get so many people coming in for all the health stuff and all the other things. And just for Tai Chi soft, gentle and stress release and for, um, and for better health and for, I, I want to do the whole art, but you know, I need to let, they need, they're working on form and all these things that, that you can't get too awfully physical with them at that point. Cause they're not, they're not up for it. They're not mentally ready for that yet. They're not um, geared for it and all these mm -hmm. other things. So you've got to build them into where this is okay and they're good with it and that, and that it's safe and that they get the, they get what's really going on with it as opposed to you're just, you know, a lot of time you take somebody in, if I get somebody that thinks of themselves as martial or they're kind of street and I'll be like, okay. And so I'll start showing them stuff and it's like, bam, the guy's like, holy crap, you really hit me. Oh no, I'm not really hitting you. This was level one. You know, and it's like, and it's like, okay, you thought you were a tough guy, but we're going to have to build you in. So I'm going to have to cut it down to a fraction of that and then build you up because you're not, because otherwise they're like, oh, okay, well, bam. And it's like, that's not quite what, you know, they're, they're very uh, about it. And it's like, that's not what's really going on. I know it seems like it to the beginner right now, but, but when they've been in the stuff where, especially when they've been, and again, all three of these guys, enough stuff that are, and probably more of you, but than those three specifically, where one of the things you learn in real situations is that they're very dynamic. They're very fluid. They change very rapidly from one extreme to very different extremes. And it's a lot to take in. Like when, if you take somebody that has no preparation for that, they're usually going to be toast. They're just, because it's going to overwhelm their mind first. 
they'll make bad decisions and bad choices and make and take actions that if it was just them and one on one, they might be okay just out of I'm going to keep swinging until one of us goes down. And it's better than doing nothing most of the time. But you get enough dynamics going on in the situation and not so much. You know, uh, the one that comes to mind is being in a nightclub when the, that was a big nightclub and having the whole place, two people got into it. And it was like that quick, the whole, everywhere you could see were people fighting. So chairs and, every, and boom, 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 boom. And I was dancing with a girl. It's like nobody was fighting. Everybody was fighting. And I took her and myself and we went to the wall and I moved down the wall into the exit and out. But there was a lot of people on that dance floor that were going, what? And, you know, blam, chair to the head. And they just, and even if that had happened, I would have been vomit, but I had been in a lot of situations before. And that's what I'm saying about these guys too. The uh, versus the average person, they're just not ready for what that is. That mentally, it's hard to conceive of it properly. And, they, and any one of the three of them, particularly Tyson's, it's your thing, and Jim, from different things he's been in with the, with the law enforcement, can weigh in and give a better understanding than I'm probably giving you of just what that dynamic, how it kind of works and what happens and why the average person without some kind of real prep for it, whether that just be getting hit a bit or throwing and wrap, you know, the hands on in these kinds of ways, they just, it's just overwhelming. It's the only word that keeps coming to mind to somebody that doesn't have any kind of prep for that. And this is going to be true for Tai Chi people too, as much as there's a bunch of them out there that want you to believe the mystical chi comes out of the sky and now you have all the internal and you're the you're God's <laughs> gift of life. It's just not reality. Well, that's actually the reality for Marines. We always expect to have a 10% loss on first contact that people will get overwhelmed. They freeze 10% yeah. loss. Freeze or yeah. you look like the person yes. in the bottom of the pool that you didn't that said I can swim. They jumped in. And they're in the middle of the water, not touching anything, doing this business. And it's like, he can't swim. We put the pole in and get them. If they don't grab the pole, you got to dive in and get them. And they were just, you know, everywhere, but pulling their hands to go up. So, uh, so would, you had a lot of freeze, but you probably had people that would either just bolt in a direction. You've probably seen that one or that they're doing the, the middle of the swimming pool thing. Yeah. My guess is you've seen both of those. Yes, I have. Mark, I was just. I've seen. I've seen both of those too. By the way, (laughs) (laughs) it's funny. It ain't funny, but it's funny. It's it's you know it's horrifying. Something bad happens to them, but to see it as long as it comes out okay, it's kind of like it's it's hilarious later. Anyways, I was gonna say too. I I think some of it has to do with like um, uh, uh, maybe exposure, like what your level of exposure is. For example, I've had yeah, some of what I'm at, but, you actually, yeah. but the other thing is, is that like a lot of people are exposed to a lot of violence, maybe not how it really goes down, but on TV. Mm-hmm. And this actually creates a problem because they assume the stuff they're seeing on TV is what really goes on. And it's a whole lot more gritty, messier, nastier, has taste and smells and feelings and, and emotional stuff that comes into it that you can get from a video. But normally you're not going to get it anywhere near that level that reality is going to hand you pretty quick yeah real real is definitely something different uh you know i was going to say was the uh uh the like for example i've done like sporting type stuff that sort of violence right sure i've had some level like of the more like the criminal level right um but uh for example the military stuff that uh uh, that Ty probably has experienced would be a whole different venue or um, level. Do you know what I mean? That maybe would be, you know, you just don't know till you're in it kind of, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's there's the biggest part I'll tell you about that is there's a giant difference between somebody who wants to fist fight you, kickbox you, fight you, and somebody who wants to kill you and is really trying to do it. There's just, it's a, it's as different as watching TV from watching TV to being in a fist fight to somebody who wants to flat out murder you, there is there is there's that much of a great difference between those three things. Ty, I'm sure you can probably add something to what I just said. I don't know if I can add something to it. I, I definitely agree with you that, um, and that's also part of the reason why I have a hard time 
with sparring and doing things of that nature. I've, um, I've spent so much of my time like, like, why are we doing this? The only reason I'm supposed to be fighting you is because I'm supposed to be killing you. And so anything below that is like weird. And then when it comes to like the stuff that we've done there, it's like, ah, I'm not going to fight stupid. I'm going to go ahead and mess with your mind and mess with who you are and, um, and go after you that way, psychologically and mentally. I'm not, you know, if I can beat your mind, I've got everything else beat. And if I don't beat your mind, you're going to come back after me. The Tai Chi way of handling this is you turn up the volume slow. You know, it's that put the frog in the pot. How do you boil a frog and not get it to jump out? If you try to jump it in boiling water, it's trying to jump out of it. You put it in and you turn up the heat real slow until it's boiling and then it gets boiled. And then that's the process if it's properly being applied for the most part in the Tai Chi is you turn it up so slow that they're really good for the, the for the as bad as, it, as it's reasonably going to get, as bad as, bad as it's going to get you're going to live through it and be okay um and you just turn up that volume slow the trick is a lot of people um again a lot of people in tai chi don't don't teach even when they have it they don't teach that and then the other problem is is that people being in it long enough to really hit that level of exposure and then if you have to do it quick how do you get there and there's some quick fun ways to get there too but everybody's mind their psyche is a little different and you get somebody in there with a the wrong psychology, it can really be like for like Tyler used to use an example, and you can talk to it. Um, the, I know from from him and you, Mark, your personality, and then Jim's personality too. They're all you're all different. So if I said, "Hey, I got to teach you to do this. I even teach you to do this fast," I almost can't teach you guys the same way because there's a way that I would do it that come, that immediately comes to mind that I could do it with you and you would get really skilled really fast. If I do that with Ty at some point, he's likely to try to break me to kill me. Like he'll flip because it's too harsh of a method. He may or may not get the idea, but it's going to trigger other things. And so ideally there's a, there's a different approach that I would get to that would get him there, but without that problem. And for you, if I went that soft way, you wouldn't really be getting the idea. I need to give you something that's a bit harsher to get you to what it is. So it's, and I'm just using you two as an example. Like that. It's going to be different. There's, there's two things about that. One is that definitely five years ago, if you came at me hard, it's like, okay, let's go. <laughs> Even if, if you were only trying to teach me, fortunately, I've gotten a whole lot better about it. That's why I was willing to come to that last fighting thing because I'm like, I think in my, my head's in the right place. Okay. Well, between me and your other, and Anthony, who you were learning from, mm -hmm. and then whoever else you're working with, too, that slow temperature rise has been going on to yes. build into it. And so yes. that's why you're okay with it. And the second thing was, is that I've never heard you say that about uh, fighting with Tai Chi before to, to start it gradually. Is that when you're actually in a fight or to train it? No, to train it. It needs to be, it needs to be okay. hands on somehow or them hands on you and then execute, you know, okay. And you're okay. executing prior to contact, but, but execute where you're actually doing the stuff. Cause I'm like, no, the reality okay, that fight slowly and build up the fight. No, 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 no. It's the training okay. that has to be, okay. turn up the volume in the training slowly. Okay. So that way the person gets like where we start for Tai Chi, most people as a threshold would go, um, you're not doing, you know, stand up here once. So if I'm saying I want him to get used to contact, stand over here. And I'm giving him that kind of a push and that kind of a push. And I'm doing this on his head and everywhere on his body and or his partner is. It's okay. And then somebody looking at that and says, what are you doing? Well, I'm getting him, I'm beginning the process of getting him so that he can fight with Tai Chi. Most people go, yeah, right that's never going to work. And it's like, no, I said, I'm starting him in the process. There's a process there. Mm. The end of that process looks like, blam, I'm trying to put him through the wall. Anybody comes in at that point where I did the beginning says, that'll never work. Somebody sees the end of that. It's going to be, oh my God, you guys are nuts. Mm. They missed the rest. Of, in both cases, at the beginning one, they didn't see all this process that comes after and then the end one, the one where you're shoving it like blam and you're blasting them. They didn't see all the process that came before. 
So they missed it. It's not a part. It's the whole process. What I'm saying yes. is for different personalities and people. If it was just like a bunch of people who were 20 years old, same basic mentality, average person, nothing special or astounding in any way, no particularly harsh experiences, but not always warm and fuzzy either. Average 20 year olds teach them all the same way. We start talking about people with personalities and life experiences and stuff. You cannot teach them that, that part the same way. If they did, everybody could go and be a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, or everybody could go and be a Muay Thai black belt, and they'd be happy with it. And there's a whole lot of people that they can't do that, or they're not going to do that, or it's going to be very mentally damaging for them to try to do that from the way most of that stuff is trained. And it doesn't mean they can't get, you know, 60, 50% of the population or, or some, or 60% or whatever to do that. They can, you guys know that you've all trained and stuff, but there's people that come in where you're, where, you know, the teacher at some point goes, this isn't for you. Whether they're too ready to be all violent or whether they're just so soft that it's like, you know, and then you touch them and they're crying on the floor. And every time you do it, that's all that's going to go on. You're going to have to do something with that person different than that normal training or they're never going to get it. Yeah. Right. And then those are extremes I gave you, but there's, there's, other grades of that where that's still an issue you know if you're looking at like a class for a brazilian jiu-jitsu or for a muay thai or whatever there's going to be people who are outstanding at those arts and then there's going to be people where yeah okay they they know some and where the teachers are going what do you think if they have to defend their life against that against some animal and they're going oh, i hope that never happens you know because and i mean i hope that never happens because i don't know that they're going to do so good They've got technical ability at this point, but can they, do they have that mind? Do they have the comfort with the violence like that? Not, no. Um, Sifu, you've been sharing a lot of great insights, but I would like to circle back to Ty for a minute quick yep. before we have to wrap up. Yep. Um, Ty, you said something a, a few minutes ago that just begged a question for me, and it was that... Uh, that when you were studying uh, the NIMPO and you and, and uh, Hatsumi basically told you you need to spend a year doing some Tai Chi to get the fluidity down so you can kind of, you know, take your NIMPO to that next level. Obviously, you spent that year in Tai Chi. You did that work. You got that fluidity. I know from knowing you that you've got what you need there. But then you continued on and you did another seven years of Tai Chi. You've been teaching for five now. What was it about the Tai Chi that you saw in that initial exposure to it that made you like really want to pursue that on its own? Um, a couple of things. Um, and Robert, and you know Robert, Robert and I have had this discussion um, because we are both refugees from ninjutsu. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, I'm just gonna come right out and say it, it's the people. Okay, the um, even now, uh, once in a while, I have somebody will come to me and they'll say, I want to learn ninjutsu. And I talk to them a little bit and it's like, yeah, I want to be able to kill people. They have that kind of attitude. And I'm like, no, no. Um, I was even I'm even hesitant to even mention it, like when we're doing this podcast um because i've the last time i mentioned it i had several of the ninjutsu people come at me and um so they watched the podcast and then contacted you after with, with yes uh-huh. uh, okay you know you know you know and to include hatsumi um hatsumi came to me you know at a very gentle you're welcome back because they had problems in that I studied with Gimbukan and um, I made the mistake of doing a training, doing some techniques that were done the Gimbukan way. And there is great animosity between Bujikan and Gimbukan. Um, so a lot of the Bujikan people were like, oh, you're a traitor, um, had it directed at me specifically. There's also an attitude, and not only in, and what happens in anything where it's considered special, uh, ninjutsu by those practitioners, it's considered special. Oh sure. Um, 
being a reconnaissance ranger is considered special. Or like when I went to the Naval Academy, you're supposed to be special. And then therefore, if somebody who doesn't meet the criteria of society's um, definition of special or somebody is considered subhuman, then you're denigrating their perception of what they're doing as being special. So I like was in the very first class of integrated in the Naval Academy. And people made the assumption that I um, got there because of my color, not because I was a son of a Bronze Star winner, that I um, was a, I lettered in several sports. I was an All-American football player. They just made, or that I aced my, the SAT. It's like, he got here because of his color. Um, and recon, I was the second black person ever in recon. And they didn't know what to do with me. So they put me in the Indian platoon because there had been a history of Sioux, Apache, and Navajo. And so they put me with the Indians. So you um, have some Native American, then you right? Yes, yeah. Cherokee, yeah. Um, but that is something that happens more. I've never, in fact, I've never seen it happen in Tai Chi. In fact, I find especially like the Chinese teachers um, actually treat me a little bit better than the Caucasian students. They like, especially if they came up under communism, they're like, oh, here's how you deal with the police. Here's how you do this. I'm like, why are you teaching me this? You're not teaching any of the other guys this, <laughs> but it's a reality. But those same sort of attitudes pop up in ninjutsu very much, especially Bujinkan. Mm. You know, and it's not, again, it's not from Hatsumi. Um, it's not actually from most of the senior people in ninjutsu. It's the people who are like, I'm special. I've been doing ninjutsu now for two years, three years. How is it possible that you can be here too? Interesting. Yes. Yeah, I would say that most of the time when you get somebody that lasts in the art, that they got past the, I want to do it for killing people and those kinds of reasons a long time ago. Yes. If that's why they started, they didn't stay for that because usually people get that in any, any real art, they get it within the first few years there and then they're off to something else. Um, yes. if, they got what, if that's all they wanted, they got what they came for. Mm-hmm. No, and you know, the thing is, is that in ninjutsu too, I was told that um, the first two years to not actually even teach anything, you teach them movement, uh, um, you give them the car, but you don't let them know that you have to put gas in it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, that's unfortunately kind of what's happened with the lot of the Tai Chi that's out there, even if they're really going to teach eventually is that they do it for as much as 10 years easily where they're giving them the car and no gas in it or that they put gas in it, but then they didn't teach them how to drive the car. Yeah. And so it doesn't matter that it's got gas in it or the best they can hope for it is a wreck, you know, yeah, all that. But does, I, I, that was a um, part of the system in Ninjutsu. I don't know if that's actually a verbalized um, thought through idea within Tai Chi, or it just happens that way. The Tai Chi where they've got the indoor and the outdoor training, or I'm only gonna teach my family and I'm not teaching anybody else any of the real stuff, but here I'm gonna charge you a bunch of money to learn the form and treat you like you're teaching Tai Chi. That is a very known thing in the families that, are, that really have the Tai Chi. It's, it's very codified, very, there's a system there that they're working from that is very spelled out within the groups themselves. It's, they don't let other people know that very much, just like in the ninjutsu, they're not telling you that you're learning it for the first couple of years. Normally, somebody who's mm -hmm. coming on the street, they don't know that that's what's going on. Yeah. And so it's that. 
unfortunately. And that's what we're obviously trying to fix on the Tai Chi side. If it was all fighting and self-defense, I might be less, I would be less inclined. Not that I don't want people to defend themselves. I do want people to be able to defend themselves, but like just flat out to being able to kill people for the sake of, you know, you know no, uh, is where I'm at on that. Um, but there's so much of a health component, both your body and your mind and your spirit for yourself and for others and the calming of the mind and the emotions and the clarity of the mind and the emotions and the spirit and that stuff that I just don't understand why somebody would hold that back. And I can't, I can't relate to it. So that mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, to, so Ty, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure whether I'm understanding that. So you weren't in, you weren't accepted within ninjutsu. I was I was I was accepted. Um, there were like there were a lot of little clicks, okay. Um, so I was very much accepted by Hatsumi and Jack Hoban. Jack Hoban was who I got started with, and okay. he was a Marine Corps lieutenant. And we had a click of all recon Marines, and I was very much accepted in that group. And okay. then I was very much accepted in the groups in Japan. Okay. When I came to the United States, then it was like, who are you? What makes what ma- makes you be able to be within our group? Oh, wow. Okay. And, and was, was it just based on race? Was that the deal? Um, yeah, I can't put... Um, I can't decide what somebody, what's in somebody's head. I just know that um, I was an outsider, okay? okay. Or, um, and this is because of my background and at the time, how what kind of shape I was in and everything else, I was basically the practice dummy. Let's see, if it'll work on time, then it'll probably work. So everybody wanted to take their best shot at me. Well, that part might've been because of you being in the combat, but yeah. yeah. The oh, okay, yeah, power. that could be a yeah. whole different thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you do it on you, it should work on most people. And if they can't do it on you, well, they got work to do. <laughs> yeah. It's so, a, like I said, situation um, be it, but I wouldn't doubt on that single part of it that that wasn't something. And you know, and that's something time. that I appreciate from my father is that um, never ever say that what motivates somebody. You can go ahead and describe their actions and what they've done, but you don't know exactly what motivates them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I will tell you that that uh, last note here towards that end, that that's one of the hardest things about discussion and discourse and disagreement in the United States today is that a lot of people on whatever, wherever they're coming from politically, personally, religiously, whatever, they make a lot of assumptions about the other side mm-hmm. and then argue based on that. And then yeah. the other side's doing the same thing. And that is only going to beget horrific kinds of outcomes, typically. Yeah. And so you don't want to do that. The other one is, is that as a combat veteran, and I know you've seen this firsthand, there's a lot of people that go in, if they're a young kid, and they're just like, okay, you went in and you did your basic, and now go kill those, whoever you're supposed to go kill. It's really hard to see them as people because it's a it's hard for another person to kill another human being but if well, you see them as as the enemy who has these very specific thoughts that are evil and bad they're not so hard to kill not i'm not saying that makes it easier i'm saying or, or super easy i mean i mean but it makes it easier yeah no and, and the military specifically does things to dehumanize the enemy Okay. Everybody is, is given some derogatory term for, you know, for their, who they are, you know, um, uh, I'm not even going to repeat them. (laughs) Yeah. Is is that people that have the experience and background you've got or that spent time, what do they call it? Um, when you, when you're in a foreign culture and you're actually immersed in the culture for a while as part of what you're doing in the military, Mm -hmm. uh, What's a, there's a term for that. You're, you're basically, but you're in culture. And so you're getting to know the people. In, in country. In country. Yeah. You can't maintain that mentality yeah. for very long. 
because you begin to get to know people and you're going, okay, well, at least they didn't fit the mold that I thought they were. And then you meet some more people and then they didn't fit the mold of what I thought they were. And then, it and then at some point for most people, not everybody, it becomes, okay, what I assumed about these people can't be correct. No, I, I, I use that training here in Texas and that, um, okay, in California, when the trash went out, everybody put it actually on the, on the road. Um, here in Texas, everybody puts it on the driveway. Everybody, sir or ma'am. Huh. In Carolina, you turn off the lights when you are no longer willing to um, receive company because you've gone to bed. In Texas, you turn on all your lights when you go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I'm like, okay, so this is how the natives do it. All right. Uh, I, I watch. Yeah. And like you said, you can't assume the motivations. I, I like that you, that you, you can tell. Yeah, it's smart advice. Yeah. And I, like, you, I think it's the bigger problem in most discourse today is that people assume the motivations of the other people. Yes. No, they're you, usually wrong. Yeah. You can, you can look at, you can see and absolutely know the actions, but you can never know the motivation. You can never know whether somebody's having a bad day or someone, whatever. You don't know whatever what happened to them or about them or whatever their actual reason for being there is, what they want, why they want it, all that yeah. stuff. That's one of the greatest lessons my father's given me. That's a good one, my opinion. Cool. Anything, anybody else? Yeah. So actually, I was wondering, um, in the vein of what you were just talking about, you had mentioned earlier that you worked at a homeless shelter and you've done counseling. No, not in a shelter, just with home, getting homeless off the street. Okay, so work, so, but still working with yeah. a very vulnerable population. Yes. Um, do you think that that is carried over into your Tai Chi, either as a student or as a teacher? Hmm. Yes. And I don't know whether I had this before um, I started doing that work and I used it in the work. Um, a chicken or the egg. I don't know which came first, but finding out what motivates the person. Okay. Um, like I was talking about teaching internals. Okay. People want to learn the internals for very different reasons. So I have to understand this person and understand what motivates them. Just like getting a homeless person off the street. 90% of the time, you will not get a homeless bed off the street if they don't feel they have a responsibility to somebody else. Like if they have a responsibility to a wife, a child, a parent, that they've got to do better so that they can help them, you've got a good chance of getting them off the street. If it's they don't feel a responsibility to anyone else, mm -hmm. you can basically forget about it. Thank you for that information. There are people that I work with where it's I've, I've been trying to help them to get a better outcome for their life and really struggling with it. There are people that were friends of Jason's, my son. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem. That yeah. just said is the problem. Yeah. They only got themselves to look at, and so they're just not motivated enough to do it. But yeah, but if people have a feel they have a responsibility to do something good for other people, to take care of somebody else in their life. Yeah, they, they will try to get it together. Yeah. Cool, thank you. That was a cool. great question and a very insightful answer. Wow. Um, but did I answer your question? <laughs> I think so, yeah. The main, the main thing is like, do you think it helped you as a student or helps you as a student? As a student? Those, those experiences working <clears throat> with the homeless. Um, Again, I go back to my statement that I'm trying to reach my own potential. I don't want to be stuck. And oh, yeah, my glory days were when I was in recon. My glory days when I served on embassy duty. My glory days were, no, my glory days are still ahead of me. I'm trying to move forward. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Now, All right, I, yep, go ahead. <laughs> I was taught to teach in the Marine Corps was um, state what you're going to teach 
teach it, re review it, and then make sure that you've answered anyone's questions by asking them. I should be restating everyone's question, but I don't do that anymore usually, but I do make sure, I, did I answer the question? <laughs> Actually, I will tell you that your better dialogue and conversation with me almost on anything that would be a discussion point or even learning would be that kind of a format. Yes. Actually restate whatever I said in your own words. Mm -hmm. A whole bunch of the time I'm going to be like, that's not what I said, or that's certainly <laughs> not what I meant. Yes. And you may go through five or 10 rounds of that before you hit for what I actually just said to you easily. Yeah, and I, I do that when I'm dealing with individuals, but in this format, we can yeah, go on for days. <laughs> well, I was going to say, and then when you say whatever back to me, you'd actually almost be better off most of the time to, to ask me what I took from that. Now, sometimes the teacher, and then ideally I'm, I'm demonstrating something that you will reasonably want, I'm hoping will emulate or want to emulate, that um, when I restate what you said, I'll typically try to keep it to what you said, but also then I can go, what I'm hearing is, and tell you some things that you didn't really mean by that statement or question or thought or whatever it was, but that are implied by it that you maybe didn't realize and you go, I didn't mean that. Okay, tell me what you mean. And it makes the conversation take a whole lot longer, but you come out of it with a whole different level of understanding of things than where you would without it. Yes. So, yeah. Cool. I had one more quick question, I guess. <laughs> I had meant to ask I this in the past, actually, and then, but it's not right on top of my mind. It slips away. Um, so when you look at like the, because the, I've been looking at a little bit the Tai Chi approach versus the other things I've done in the past. And uh, there's a, when you look at violence, I feel like uh, the Tai Chi principles and the way of training, and I don't know this for sure yet because I haven't taught it long enough, but, but I feel like it would um, kind of injury proof you a little bit. I was I curious, uh, yeah. not just, the, not just physical, I'm thinking more along the lines of the, um, like when, when, when military go into combat, they try to prepare you in, in boot camp and stuff. But then when you get into, and you'll have this extreme violence or whatever, or you'll see these very extreme things. Um, do you think that the Tai Chi stuff would, would help soldiers if they were getting it before they got into battle? And do you think it's possible in the training time that they get for simple elements of this to be integrated? Okay. Um, uh, this is something that um, Doug, Master Ho is asked me this exact same sort of question. And, and why do I not teach the combat aspects of Tai Chi to the military people I deal with? Number one is that usually, okay, the most time that you have is about 24 hours total while yeah, they're in boot camp. That's all the time you've got. Okay. Okay. Um, the second thing is, is that, um, I always refer to as testosterone poisoning. Okay. Jim was talking about you're dealing with a bunch of young alpha males that um, doing it the smart way, the easy way is not something that usually um, appeals to them. Okay. After they're injured and they've got to figure out how to go ahead and move forward. Yeah. But when they're, you know, 17 or like the majority of people have gone into led into combat were 19 years old yeah. when they're 19 years old and you know strong and have their testosterone poisoning now the tai chi wasn't going to help them but I will, i'll tell you this actually yeah. for self-defense stuff if you give me somebody that that's that's that old without mental issues and physically well mm -hmm. there are some fast ways to do it well i need them yeah i'll pass them uh, on yeah Yep. Okay. okay. There are there are some fast ways under those circumstances to do it. It's just if you get somebody that's that's got like I said, that's already a combat veteran, and they've got issues, you can't do that kind of. It's, it's going to be they're going to wig out on you. It's going to be a problem. Okay. 
All right. I look forward to, to learning those things. Yeah. <clears throat> the way, the way for, for your training methods, there's obviously the one we've got that's the combat physical applications and the different, mm -hmm. and the different ones and the different aspects and ways to approach that. That's really good to have. The, uh, you did that one. And then wave. And then after that one, you start getting into the ones where it's really softer. Well, you can jump to the softer one, but with some harshness coming. But you got to have somebody that's really pretty together to handle it. And so in our system, we're, I'm building you to that. Mm -hmm. Because that's just the smartest, safe way and, and most mentally... Um, safe is a word that comes to mind again, way to get you there. Well, you'd be doing our country a service by putting it, that together. It, it's easy enough. It's just, you gotta make sure that the people that are in it are gonna be okay. Because if not, they, you know, you'll have somebody going, killing people. I mean, in the group, well, in the training, because they're gonna lose their shit, you know, like, so they're gonna lose their mind and go crazy. And so- So then that's probably something that you would go ahead and give to people once they're in the recon program. As because long as they're mentally truly well, yeah, right. they've gone they've gone through all kinds of psyche evals and gone through all kinds of stressors yeah. to that's find the, out. That's the group that I you you give me a day with them and I'll change their whole approach. Yeah, so then for, fight, for fighting, right? That's what I'm saying. That yeah. then you want to go with recon or seals or rangers yeah. where they've already been stress tested. That's right. Yeah, the group that we did at the Air Force Academy was that kind of a group, and they loved it. They just okay. wanted to know more things and I needed to be there for that. And the way it worked out that one time I couldn't be there and I really needed to be the person that was in front of me. Mm -hmm. Or okay. the people that I had put sent needed training in a whole, a whole lot more years of training than what they had. They had trained specifically to teach that program. Okay. They didn't have any. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. All right, guys, lady, any, anything else? Anybody, any questions? Other yeah, mine is not so much a question as just a, I could say comment, but I could say compliment. Um, after all this talk of, I guess you could just say violence, right? <laughs> um, my testimony for my friendship with Ty is that he's a very generous and quick to laugh uh, person. He's very sweet and supportive. He's a great teacher. I really loved the unit that he gave us at the uh, tai Chi gathering and it was it was super relaxing super I mean just like the opposite of what you may imagine he's like after hearing this conversation so I just wanted to throw that <laughs> in there. Um, also well I mean think about what he said too about working with homeless off the street yes absolutely. Doing stuff with people that have the PTSD doing the stuff that has to do with the healing it's it is a whole art and the violence part and I know like you say he is the wonderful human being that you're talking about there is very wonderful and the you know the well i was going to say for the violence part is because it is martial art tai chi twin it is martial art and it's designed to protect you from that ideally we would live in a world where we didn't have that problem but that is right. not currently the case but for being someone uh you know on the short list of the possibly most lethal, lethal people that i know that i can count on one hand um <laughs> He's, he's very, 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 very nice. And uh, I love that you shared with us today your, your journey to become that peaceful warrior. And I'm so glad that you can share that light with other people. And I also want to thank you for your service. Thank you. Thank you very much. Echo, echo, echo. Huh, I got to change the name of the, of the club. From warrior Tai Chi to peaceful warrior Tai Chi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs>
The other one I need to promote for you here is our Clear Tai Chi International Family Gathering that we do once a year. And most of the folks on the call here and, and some, a bunch of folks that aren't on the call here uh, come to it uh, and teach and are there and you get to push hands and you get to put hands on with and interact with and feel things and do things and laugh and have fun and eat good food and all that stuff. Uh, good and healthy food. The, uh, and that is to, to see what that is for this next year. So it's every year, first full weekend in June. Go to TaiChiGathering.com. Thanks for listening. By the, by the way, uh, send comments uh, for where we post these um, that way or send us an email. And you can email um, either us here at headquarters directly and or any of the teachers. Um, you know, especially if it's if it, like this week, it was Ty that we're talking to. So if you're interested about something specifically Ty Center like that, of course, you reach out directly to him. If you are just looking for Clear Tai Chi through live instruction, we've got all the instructors that are here, plus a number of others. Um, and if you're not sure where, get with us at the head at here, and we'll get find the person that's closest to you and try to get you so that you can put hands on and experience some of this firsthand for yourself. And thanks for listening, and thank you, everybody. Great talk today. And uh, this will, I'm sure that uh, this will end up being a two-parter based on our time frame there, but. Um, okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks.